In the immortal words of Chuck Knoll, the Steelers' problems are great, and they are many. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. In the social media firestorm following the Steelers' 37-30 drubbing by the rival Bengals, came a tweet that summed up a game, a season, an entire team. Quote, The Steelers have so many needs. They basically need an entire new offensive line, especially at offensive tackle. They need a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a true number one quarterback, another wide receiver. Am I missing anything? Unquote. Such was the troubling question posed by the Twitter account Blitzberg, which is affiliated with the Steelers-themed website, RenegadeBlitz.com. It fully captured just how far these 2022 Steelers are from competing in the NFL, never mind their own division, where the likes of the Ravens and Bengals rule. Two things the tweet doesn't mention as pressing Pittsburgh needs is quarterback and tight end. This must be the nucleus the Steelers build around in 2023. Yeah, we're talking about next season because these Steelers are just about done in 2022. The rookie passer out of Pitt, Kenny Pickin, continues to progress, albeit slowly. Pickett held his own with Super Bowl QB Joe Burrow for a half at Acreshore Stadium last Sunday. But he still wasn't seeing the whole field and he continues to miss open receivers. At least Pickett has put a stop to those killer interceptions. Pickett is pick-free over his last two games. This is a major step forward for the Steelers' rookie. The rest will come in time, especially as the team builds around him. Indeed, watching Pickett's maturation over the season's second half will be the most interesting and most important aspect of this 2022 team. For better or worse, Pickett is the future of the franchise, and he'll have at least two more full seasons to prove to Pittsburgh He's worthy of this lofty anointment. Forget all the sports radio talk flooding the airwaves in the 412 area code calling for the Steelers to consider drafting yet another QB with their ever-ascending first-round selection in the 2023 draft. It ain't happening. The Steelers are sticking with Pickett. Another major sports radio misnomer is that all of the Steelers' woes would be righted by the single, long-overdue move of firing offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Such is a simplistic view of the widespread problems plaguing Pittsburgh. Sure, Canada is out of his depth as offensive play caller and scheme designer. Even the Bengals players commented how all-too-predictable Pittsburgh is on offense. But firing Canada is a feel-good move that doesn't fix the fundamental problems undermining the Steelers' chances for point-scoring success. Here's what would. 
spending what's expected to be the Steelers' highest first-round pick in two decades on a blue-chip offensive tackle. This would signal that the Steelers are serious about protecting Kenny Pickett, and it would reverse the patchwork approach Pittsburgh has taken in slapping together this all-important unit with free agent retreads and lower-round draft picks. The result of the latter has been a decided lack of talent that took yet another step back against the Bengals on Sunday. The two things the Steelers thought would help Pickett in his rookie year going into the season have both blown up in their faces. Turns out there was a, an Achilles heel that hamstrung each of these plans. The first was the running game. It was not by chance that the Steelers spended a first-round pick on Alabama's Najee Harris in 2021. The team was looking forward to replacing Ben Roethlisberger the following year, and they saw the ground game as a rookie passer's best friend. But the Steelers' ground game has been mostly ground chuck. Once again, that bargain basement offensive line slapped together as it is with retreads and low-round picks, is to blame. Pittsburgh is now relearning what it once knew as pigskin gospel. It all begins up front in the NFL. If you don't have a good O-line to road grade for the running game and to protect your rookie passer in the pocket, your entire team and any premise of competing is now built upon a faulty foundation. With this line, the Steelers' best laid but ultimately misguided plans of helping out Pickett have crumbled before our eyes. In 2023, the O-line must finally receive the high draft capital and the premium free agent spending it deserves. On the other side of the football, the Steelers did spend to the tune of some $108 million to as assemble what was on paper uh, being touted as one of the NFL's best defenses. Once again, however, there was an Achilles heel that undercut the Pittsburgh plan for keeping the opponent from scoring, thus affording your rookie QB a chance to put up just enough points to pull out victory. This time, the glaring weakness isn't up front. It's on the back end where the Steelers lack a true number one cornerback to limit the opponent's passing game and also ball hawk for interceptions. The result is what we saw unfold in the second half on Sunday, a shootout of a game that left Kenny Pickett outgunned and outclassed by Joe Burrow and the Bengals. These are blue chip positions that the Steelers must fill with blue chip players. Pittsburgh's patchwork approach to these key positions is no longer tenable. The proof is in. The evidence is right before our eyes. The entire game plan for 2022 has gone up in flames. The Steelers sought to run the ball, play defense, keep the games close, and allow Pickett to do just enough to win in the fourth quarter without pressuring him into making killer mistakes. In the cruel clarity of hindsight, we now see the Steelers' biggest folly was thinking their plan would work with mostly fill-ins on the O-line and on the corners in that suspect secondary. 
We can only hope Coach Mike Tomlin and the new GM tandem of Omar Khan and Andy Weald will get back to the time-tested fundamentals of NFL team building and install true talent at these key positions. Until then, legendary coach Chuck Knoll's famous quote about another talent-needy Steelers team will remain the operative word in the 412 area code. Quote, the Steelers' problems are great, and they are many, Noel once said. Well, right now, so are their needs. We have much more on the sorry state of these 2022 Steelers in this woe-begone edition of your Steelers Update podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column Wednesday on Penn Live during this Thanksgiving week. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing all the Pittsburgh pigskin angst to life. Right now, let's get right to it. First up, we have Jerry Dulac, who leads the Steelers' coverage for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He is talking about that now-exposed and exploited Pittsburgh secondary. Dulac writes this, quote, After allowing Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow to throw for 355 yards and four touchdowns in their 37-30 loss on Sunday, the Steelers and their leaky pass defense might need an infrastructure bill to repair some of the damage. They have already allowed a league-high 22 touchdown passes, just too shy of the total they surrendered all of last season and they lead the AFC in passing yards allowed at 272, nearly 60 yards more than their uh, their per-game average in 2021 when they ranked ninth in the league. Curiously, the Steelers have counted some of that with 12 interceptions this season. That's the second most in the AFC and just one shy of their total for last season. They had two more against the Bengals, giving them six interceptions against Burrow this season. But it wasn't enough to offset the seven completions of at least 20 yards and three touchdown passes to rookie uh, to running back, second string running back, uh, Perrine, Sam Jure Perrine, the latter of which defensive end Cam Hayward called mind-boggling. And the Steelers used a lot of sub-packages with slot corner Arthur Millette, who played 55 snaps, and used safety DeMonte Kazee, who played 26 snaps. Cornerback James Pierre has apparently fallen into disfavor again because he did not play a defensive snap for the second game in a row. Meanwhile, the run defense continued to show its continued improvement, holding the Bengals to 62 yards on 20. Uh, four carries, and not allowing a run longer than eight yards. The Steelers ranked sixth in the league in rush defense, allowing an average of 103.4 yards per game, 43 yards fewer than their 2021 defense that ranked last in the league, unquote. So great stuff from Dulac analyzing that the run defense, which was a big problem last year, has improved, but now the pass defense is anything but stalwart for these Steelers. And that is a column that is fit for the travel headache that is Thanksgiving. Because after the Steelers made it more difficult for their opponents to take the ground en route to victory, 
their opponents, including Burrow and the Bengals, have taken to the friendly skies courtesy of that suspect Steelers secondary, and they are having plenty of success. It's time to add true talent at corner, wouldn't you say? And as for that talent-deprived offensive line, there's this summary from Ray Filippato of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as he is grading the different positions in wake of that Bengals disaster. He writes this on the O-line, quote, Left tackle Dan Moore Jr. had another tough day at the office. He was called for a holding penalty and he gave up a sack. Now, Pickett was only sacked twice, but he was hit hard on five other occasions. The run blocking was good in the first half, but the Steelers gained just 31 yards on the ground in the second half, unquote. Of course, that lack of O-line play filtered down to the rest of the offense, with Kenny Pickett badly outgunned in the second half. Here's Fittipaldo's take on this aspect of that Bengals disaster. Quote, Pickett made some throws in the first half to give the Steelers a 20-17 lead at the half, but he failed to stand toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow in the second half. Pickett was just 9 of 23 for 124 yards in the second half, and many of that came on a late garbage-time touchdown drive when the game was already decided. Pickett and Burrow might someday have a rivalry, but Pickett is not yet ready for prime time, unquote. Now, the running game was a bit better behind that line, but, you know, when a game becomes a shootout, as this one did in the second half, it takes you out of the run, and thus the running game was a non-factor in that second half. Here's Fittipaldo on Najee Harris and that somewhat improving Steelers ground game. He writes, quote, Najee recorded the longest Steelers touchdown of the season when he scampered around left end for a 19-yard touchdown run that he finished with a flourish hurdling a Bengals defender for the final three yards and into the end zone. Najee finished with 90 yards on 20 carries and had to play most of the game after backup back Jalen Warren was injured. Unquote. Hey, in short, you know, we're seeing some positive signs out of Pickett, especially in that first half, and another good game from Najee Harris. But it's still not enough, and the shortcomings begin up front with that patchwork Pittsburgh O-line. But enough of the negative, okay? Believe me, enough of the negative. Let's turn to the one area of hope and hype for the Steelers' future. It's summed up by one player at the NFL's most important position. Of course, I'm talking about Kenny Pickett at QB. He's who the Steelers will build around going forward. And here is Ron Cook, radio host and Post-Gazette column, with something of a Pittsburgh prayer that Pickett is the real deal. Cook writes this, quote, Joe Burrow versus Kenny Pickett hardly made for a fair fight. Burrow was superb, as he usually is, leading the Bengals to a 37-30 win at Akershore Stadium. He threw for 355 yards and four touchdowns and finished with a 104 passer rating. Pickett, meanwhile, continued to learn the lessons of an NFL rookie the hard way. 
It's not that he didn't do some good things against the Bengals. He threw a 24-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens, the Steelers' longest touchdown play of the season. He would have had another 49-yard touchdown pass to Pickens if Pickens hadn't dropped the ball late in the game before Najee Harris completed that drive with a one-yard touchdown plunge. Pickett offense put up 30 points on the board for the first time this season. But in the weighty moments of the game, as Mike Tomlin likes to call, big plays at big times, Burrow excelled, Pickett did not. Twice, the Steelers had a chance to take the lead and failed each time. The first time came in the third quarter after Watt leaped at the line of scrimmage and pulled down Burrow's pass at the Bengals' 21. The Steelers couldn't do anything with T.J. Watt's interception. The next time, the second time, happened early in the fourth quarter after the Steelers, down 27-23, took possession at the Cincinnati 47. After a three-and-out, Burrow took over and put the game out of reach. But Murrow, Joe Burrow made a point to praise Kenny Pickett, both on the field after the game and with the media in his post-game briefing. Quote, I told him that after the game, continue to build off this one, unquote. That was Burrow to Penny, uh, Kenny Pickett on the field immediately post-game. Continue to build off this one. Hey, the way I see it is that's the master giving the student some encouragement and perhaps seeing a bit of, a bit of himself in the younger player who he just defeated. And Cook writes that Pittsburgh can only hope that this is what really that means, that Burrow sees a bit of himself in Kenny Pickett. Cook closes his column this way, quote, Pickett might reach Burrow's level of play one day, but he's got a long way to go. And the Steelers should be so lucky for Pickett to become Burrow-level good, unquote. And that's where we're going to leave this edition of your Steelers Update Podcast with some hope for the future. The Steelers take on, in the immediate future, the Indy Colts on Monday night. And, of course, we'll have all the storylines out of that game right here on the podcast, which on non-holiday weeks is fresh every Wednesday afternoon. And, of course, log on to PennLive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. Meanwhile, have a great Thanksgiving. Go Steelers, beat those Colts, and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.